Welcome to the Elephant in the Room podcast. Pastor Lynn is ready to tackle another challenging topic that many Christian leaders don't want to talk about. We hope you enjoy today's discussion. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Lynn with my good friend, Pastor Reggie Benjamin, Chaplain Reggie Benjamin, who has come to join me today, finally, on yes. The Elephant in the Room, and we're going to talk about stuff that's right in his territory every day, and Reggie has a lot to say about a lot of different things, but today, we're going to be talking about good news about injustice. Where is good news in the injustices of the world? And I've got something to say about that myself, yes. and I know Reggie does, and we're going to be talking about that, but specifically, how do we respond to a broken incarceration system. I want to read some statistics to you in a little bit that are going to surprise you. So Reggie has been a chaplain now for how long? Five years. Five years he's been the chaplain of our Escambia County Jail here in our county. That is the county for Pensacola, Florida, if you're watching from out of town. And uh, so he has not only been a chaplain for our jail for five years, yeah. but has worked in jail ministry for many years. Well, about 28 yep, years. 28 years working with the incarcerated in yes. ministry, in a Prison. ministry capacity. And so we're going to uh, have a really good time today talking. So, yes. so Reggie Benjamin, it is good to have you here. Well, Pastor, it's good to be here. And we are talking about the good news about injustice. Yes. And I want to talk about what that means in just a little bit. But we're specifically talking about how do we respond as a society, as people, to a broken incarceration system. And I want to start out by saying this. The United States of America as a nation yes. is the number one jailer in the world. Yes, it is. We have more people incarcerated in the United States than any other nation. And uh, also, Lynn, it's the, um, I believe it's the second largest employment in the nation. Really? Employment yes. of, uh, of, of individuals having jobs. Really? It's the second largest. I don't know who that first one's are, but we are the second largest. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, it is good to have you on my program finally. Man, I am glad to be here. And uh, I'm excited about what you have to say, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I know some other people are going to be watching, mm -hmm. both as we go live right now and also uh, they'll be watching later today. So if, you if you're watching Facebook Live right now, make sure you share this to your page. If you feel this conversation would be helpful to someone, share it to someone else's page. Also, we have a podcast, our Elephant in the Room podcast, so please subscribe to our podcast and encourage other people to do it because we're talking about all kinds of different things in society, in culture, in faith, in different yes. things that maybe people don't want to talk about or that are hard to talk about. Yes. This is a subject that a lot of people don't talk about. This is a subject that uh, no one wants to talk about and no one wants to admit that they have loved ones, but this is a, a subject and also... Um, what we're dealing with in our nation that everybody is um, accustomed to, and everyone has family and friends that know someone is incarcerated. Mm. So um, we're going to be. Um, hopefully, we can answer some questions that's answered, and hopefully, we can have a great dialogue. Incarceration affects all of our culture. It affects society. It can be positive if we take a criminal off the street or somebody that's causing harm and is continuing to cause harm. Uh, it can be a benefit because it pulls them outside of a 
place where they can do harm. That's why we have jails and prisons. But it can also be harmful in other ways. Families and friends that have people that are locked up, children that have fathers, or sometimes even mothers that are locked up. And uh, and and struggle, and it affects it affects all of our society. And uh, I want to open up, uh, Reggie. There is a scripture in the Bible in Ecclesiastes eight fourteen, and it says this: There is something else. You know, if you if you ever read Ecclesiastes, yes. Ecclesiastes is Solomon's essay on the meaning of life. Solomon, uh, the greatest uh, king, brought Israel to its absolute pinnacle. Uh, finished the temple, Solomon's temple, saw the glory of God fall, and 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 was given wisdom beyond any man. So he was very wise, the wisest man. Uh, he was a very wealthy man. Yes. He was a very popular man. He was he he had lots of women in the yeah. Bible. You see that he had everything right. But here's the thing: he writes this essay, and he says basically, under the sun or here on earth. Everything's meaningless. Yes. And in Ecclesiastes 8.14, he says this, there's something else meaningless that occurs on earth. He says, the righteous who get what the wicked deserve hmm. and the wicked who get what the righteous, righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. And it's interesting, uh, Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 1, the prophet Jeremiah says, You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? And why do the faithless live at ease? So we see David also said it in the Psalms. He said, you know, he would say, he would look and sometimes say, Why are all these wicked people getting away with stuff? Yes. And the righteous people struggling with injustice. And so what are your thoughts about those scriptures? Um, well, in today's, the 21st century, I would say, Lynn, um, is that um, oftentimes people go into um, a, a judicial system without proper litigation. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we all make mistakes, officers make mistakes, and so forth, but um, I, I, it just reminds me of what the scripture says. He is the righteous judge, right? And he will um, he will judge you righteously. And uh, a lot of times, what happens is individuals get themselves in a situation to where um, they don't allow God to fight their battle, and they f- try and fight it with. Um, Amongst their own flesh, mm-hmm. and and oftentimes yeah. we they dig themselves deeper into um, problems in in the system, and mm-hmm. and I truly believe this is that um, if you sit back and allow God, I'm not saying that you don't need to be fasting and praying over this situation, but however you do need to get proper litigation. Listen, I you said something at the beginning of what you were saying that really stuck out to me, and that is about God's justice. And I think it's important to know, and I think one of these things that these scriptures say that you also just were alluding to is no matter how good of a system we can create on earth, it's going to have flaws in it. There's going to be people that find loopholes, people that will get away. Only God's justice is perfect. And yes, uh, Pastor, here's the thing is that. Um, when we, when, when this, when we, when crimes are committed, the officers are doing basically everything they can based on the evidence that they have. And, um, 
if you sit back and say, well, I'm just going to let um, this system take it, take it, run its course without um, allowing um, getting proper litigation, a lot of times good people fall into bad situations. And there's a lot of people that can't get proper support, absolutely legal support because they don't have money. And 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 that is a that is a that's a uh, an eroding problem that we've been having for decades, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how to fix that problem, but I believe that um, if we go before God in prayer and mm-hmm. seek His face, I believe the church. I believe the church. We have to come together collectively mm-hmm. and pray about issues that our government that we see flaws in our government. Yeah, I believe so too, and. I, before we continue on, I want you to say a few things about what you do. But uh, I just noticed that your lovely wife, Joan, has now joined us online, <laughs> and she said hello to both of us. Yes. And I wanted to mention her because she and Reggie also do a radio broadcast. Yes, we do. And uh, I had the opportunity last week. Last week, we talked about forgotten people. And actually, incarcerated people many times become forgotten yes, people. Yes, they are. But we had, uh, we had Steve Mayanja from East Africa yes. with us, both here on The Elephant in the Room and also on your radio yes, broadcast. And that was a good time. But before we go on, I want you to just talk for a minute about what you do, because you don't just minister to the incarcerated individuals. Mm. You're ministering to officers, right? Absolutely. You're ministering to family members of incarcerated children. Talk about what you do. Well, here at the, um, I'm a chaplain here at the Scammon County Jail, but most importantly that I am a a son of God, and, yeah. and uh, I hold the office of a pastor. But uh, I minister to broken people, and a lot of times at the at the lowest level of their life, and uh, not only with the incarcerated, but the um, officers. I believe the um, there's a statistic that officers they're the largest in divorce rate. And um, the uh, suicidal rate is is way high as well, and also those family members that are in, that has individuals that are incarcerated, they are feel as if they are incarcerated with that individual, mm-hmm. and oftentimes that's what's happening. And so I get a chance to minister um, to on a threefold point is the officers, inmates, and families. And so with that being said, a lot of times my phone is ringing off the hook where their family members are incarcerated and they that the individual cannot deal with it. They don't know what to do. And like yesterday, I had an individual call me and uh, someone, um, the, the individual happened to have the keys to the car when they got arrested. Mm. And someone like, a, she was an elderly woman and she did not, not know how to get the keys from that person. And I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and see the uh, individual that has to be incarcerated and get them to sign a letter of a release to pro- of their property, which happens to be the keys. And so a lot of times, Pastor, is that we minister on that level, on a practical level. And then I, I have the tendency when I reach that that physical need, then I say, where are you at in Christ? Mm. Where are you at in the Lord? Because here's the deal. Once I get off that phone, if you don't, if that person does not have a relationship with the Lord, what, you know, they're going to, they're going to continue to be in want. But, um, also with the officer, I have oftentimes officers has a tendency to, they are trained to be, um, 
not to show their feelings, not mm-hmm. to show weaknesses. So a lot of times they'll come to my office and they'll close the door and they'll tell you, hey, I'm going through a divorce. My child did this. My child is over here in this specifically location in the jail. Can you go and minister to them? Because um, they cannot minister. They cannot go and see their child, even though they may have may be an officer. So that where I come in. And so I minister to a broad spectrum. Yes, I do. And pastor, I, I minister to not only. I minister, no matter what their religion, what their faith is, I have to reach that person where they're at. Yeah. And so um, I thank God for placing me in the position that I am. I do believe I'm a professional at it, and uh, without his help, I'm nothing. Yeah. Amen. I think that's the case with all of us. And uh, I want to make a mention. Um, John Burgess. Hey, John, I haven't talked to you in a while. We need to talk. But he put something that he kind of... He kind of jumped ahead on me with where, I, where with where I'm going in this today, but it was a powerful statement. So I want to go ahead and read it right now. He said, "I never met an innocent man in jail." He said, "Even though I was innocent of a crime I was charged for, I was still guilty of other crimes I didn't get charged for." And here's what I want to say today: If we really look at it, we're are, we're all criminals. We're yes, we all are. criminals. We're spiritual criminals. We've broken yes. God's law. We've broken other laws. Yes, We've we all have. done things we haven't get, got caught for. Some people get caught. Listen, here's the thing. And we kind of judge and we try to hit the, the highest, but we have a system that maybe is doing the best it can. Maybe we could do better even. But it's interesting when you said that, John, that was such a profound statement because that is absolutely true. And I know you're talking about specifically jailable crimes but i'm i'm expanding that farther even mm-hmm. to say listen we're all guilty of stuff we've gotten away yes, with we are and <laughs> long before i was a chaplain pastor um i um you know I, I just thank god for protecting me and shielding me because um before i knew the the, the call of god on my life mm. if i would have made certain um committed certain crimes i wouldn't have been not be able to be in the position that i am now Wow. And uh, so uh, I just didn't get caught. And so many um, are in situations where they get caught, but they're good people. So we were talking earlier. I want to I want to go to something else real quick uh, on my on my notes that I found here. Uh, I, I looked in a, a recent Time magazine article about incarcerated with some really mind-blowing statistics okay. that basically they they found in this study that 39% of the nationwide prison population, and we work in prisons too. Yes, we, we do. We work in prisons. We have connections with people who yes. work in prisons, as well as you've worked in prisons overseas in yes, other countries. Yes, sir. And uh, you're, you're an Oops. honorary chaplain in, in the nation of Panama, Panama right? Yes. yes, I am. And worked there several times. We've worked in jails and prisons in Africa. But anyway, I just I want to get back to that in a minute. But they were talking about in America, 39% of the nationwide prison population um, is behind bars with little public safety rationale. In other words, their being behind bars is not making us more safe. I also found uh, that it costs right now $31,000 a year to keep somebody in prison between the cost of the of the jail itself, the yes. utilities, the food, the officers, everything is at $31,000 per person. Is that similar to what? That is. I think ours is um, 
to incarcerate an individual, I believe it's anywhere from 50 to $60 a day. Um, wow. The DOC, I think it's more like um, 75, 70, 75 dollars a day. Wow. And that's in local individual. jails. Yes. That's in local jails. And this is, it is incredible. But they actually did a study. They said if they could release the percentage of people that really don't need to be in prison but are there on, on, on technicalities, on legalities, they said we could save $20 billion annually as a nation. It is enough to employ 270,000 new police officers, 360,000 wow. probation officers, and 327,000 school teachers. If we could just save what we're spending on keeping unnecessarily incarcerated people in jail. And uh, I'm not trying to downplay the fact that, that jail and prison is important. But when you see the thing, and you were talking about... Um, uh, legal support, yes. and many times it's just how good your lawyer is, absolutely, or how bad your lawyer is. That is yes. so. So, what are your thoughts about this? Well, um, my thoughts on that, Pastor, is that um, it's just what you just said um, that your your legal representation representative um, has to be very well versed in what case you that they are trying for you. Um, of course, I may have a, um, if my legal representation, they may be a lawyer, maybe um, have their credentials in law, but their law, their, the, their credentials not is in criminal. Hmm. And so um, they may be civil law. And so um, even though that they have the credentials to go before the judge, but they may not be well versed at criminal activity and in criminal, hmm. um, the laws for criminal uh, behavior and or that specific, specific issue, issue. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot of times what I see, Pastor, is that that's what they um, that's what happens, hmm. and and once that judge hits the mallet, hey, you got I'm going to give you this many years or this many months or whatever it is, um, you can either appeal it, but a lot of times um, they don't have the resources to get um, the legal the person that can help them out with this situation. Mm. So what happens is we see that person is incarcerated for X amount of years, a time that they shouldn't have been there because, um, the, they, that, that, uh, representate that lawyer, whoever it is, did not represent them mm. fairly. It did not was well versed in what their case was. You know, I was actually myself, this has been a few years back, but I was sitting in a courtroom, as pastors sometimes do, to uh, give support or maybe a character mm-hmm. reference or or to give some kind of information uh, about a situation. And I remember sitting there uh, as I watched case by case sitting mm-hmm. in the courtroom. And, uh, and the person that I was there with actually was there on a suspended license. But because they had had a history of incarceration... Yes. And they had accumulated all of these points in their history. This crime, which normally would have not have been an, uh, a crime that would have been jailable, now becomes a jailable crime. And they ended up getting, they were trying to give them a, a three-year plea bargain on this issue. At the same hearing, hmm. I also watched one child molester and two drug dealers walk off on probation or get, get released uh, in, in that same situation because... 
The one that I was there for, he had a public defender that was new and didn't yes. have a lot of experience. The others had very good lawyers. And we see this kind of thing happen. So what happens? How do you minister to somebody in behind bars that feel like they're there unjustly or feel like they're there uh, because they couldn't get good legal support? Or how do you help somebody like that? Well, um, Pastor, I got a perfect example for, for that. Um, I got an individual who happened to be a female. She has to... She came to me. She sent me a request and said, Chaplain Benjamin, I need to speak with you on some personal issues. Mm. And come to find out, make a long story short, is that her boyfriend um, um, picked her up and told her, he said, I need to go to my friend's house and pick up something. He did not tell her she was he was going to rob the drug dealer. And wow. so she, she drove him. She's sitting in the car. You know, wow. how many times I didn't put, pick somebody up and say, they go into the house and come back and... Sure. I've done it sure. many times, but that's what happened with her. She he goes he comes back out, and he said he dri- drives off, get and wants her to leave, with a at a rapid rate, and so she wondering what's going on. Two days later, they come knocking on her door and arrests her, mm. and so um, she was just 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 at the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, of course, the boyfriend did not tell her what he did, but she found out what happened, and so she's still sitting there in jail. And um, and fell think, into it. Yes, fell into knowing. it with 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 um, the legal representation that she had. They didn't um, represent her well to me, to my. And now she's uh, facing some 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 about twenty five years, oh just being accessible to the fact. Oh my goodness! And she goodness. didn't. She wasn't the one that pulled the trigger. So yeah. my point is, how do I minister to him? I just basically. Um, I, one of the things I do is one, when they get there, I try to give them the word of God. Mm-hmm. I try and place a Bible in their hand. I say, I know you might have not never read the Bible, but you got plenty of time to read it. And then I want you, I, I place that Bible in their hand. And then I go back a few weeks and I say, what do you think about it? And, and um, I try and get them signed up to different um, religious Bible studies and church services that we have. That's inside of the facility. So with that being said, I show them, I give them hope. Mm. I try to give them the hope, bring back hope to them because they, that all their hopes has been gone, has been lost. But you know, Jesus, Pastor, Jesus is the hope of the world. And that's yeah, why he, he sent me there. That's why he sent me there to mm. give people back their hope at the, at the point of their lives when they're at the bottom of the barrel, when they're just like the prodigal son, and when they just want to say, hey, I made a mistake. I left home. I left out of the will of God. And mm. that's, what I, that's, that's what I do, and that's what I love doing, Pastor. Wow. That is an amazing ministry. And when you have people that are on the bottom, and a lot of people that are incarcerated are on the bottom, it's a good place to minister to them. Yes, it's it a is. good place to touch them, to bring hope, because that's a very hopeless place sometimes. Yes, it is. Well, here's the deal. Um, the, 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 the system in the facility is, now we're getting away from that. It's, it was designed back in the 20th century um, to, in years back, that it was designed to to destroy you, to to basically bring you down. Mm. So the bars, when you hear the the doors uh, shut, is um, making just mentally making you feel like, hey, I ain't getting out of here. Yeah. And so they yeah. they not only doing it um, physically but psychologically. Mm. But I, I want to say this: Jesus came to give us hope spiritually. Yeah. 
And once a man is free, his man is free indeed in between his two years. And that's what that's what I do on a day to day basis is to bring back hope and to transform these people's mind to the mind of Christ, Pastor. Man, that is the key. When we're talking about good news about injustice, here's the good news. With all the injustices that have been done, all the injustices that have been done to us, all the injustices that we've done. And, and let me say something else. We're definitely not uh, anti-law uh, or, or we believe the Bible's really big on speaking against lawlessness. Absolutely. We need law. We need system. We need police. We need uh, punishments for yes, crimes. And the Bible supports that. And we support that. And we support officers, our judges, people that are, are walking through the, the even in the system, yes. even with the injustices that we see. But here's what I want you to see. You were talking about Jesus. Here's the thing. Jesus came in spite of the injustice. Absolutely. He came in spite of the crimes, in spite of the things that we've done, in spite of the things that have been done to us to come and rescue us. And really, for any person that's incarcerated at any degree or any level, listen, the good news for you is that Jesus can come and reach you as far by. Have you ever seen somebody that's too far away for God to reach? No. I've never seen anybody. I, I don't think it doesn't matter how low, how far. I've seen some horrible situations that God has reached in, absolutely, and pulled people out and opened up the door of hope and heart. Because this life on earth is this, and eternity is this. Oh, wow, yes. And when God brings us from death to life, the Bible calls mm. it bringing us from death to life, and He brings us from death to life, and we have a relationship with Him in the most hopeless situations, Mm. God can provide hope for officers who struggle, who are frustrated because they feel like they can't do their job, for inmates who feel like they were unjustly treated, for any of our lives in any areas that we're at. Like John Burgess said, there's there's no such thing really as somebody who is not guilty. We're all guilty. But God brought good news. Good news for the guilty. Good news for injustice. Pastor, I want I want to I want to say this is that the system may be broke, but I believe the prayer is the answer to the to the yeah, answers of the that. system. But here's the deal: a lot of times, what people the society doesn't understand is that the government we are trying to find ways to fix a broken system. Like for instance, I'm on I'm on vet court. Mm. I'm a part okay. of yes, I'm a part of a a a, a program where inmates that could be facing 20, 15, 20 years, but they put programs in to where, hey, if you if you go here and you be successful here, we, you know, we, we will um you, you, we will annihilate your um your sentence and we yeah. with um you won't do you won't do your 20 years or whatever, but you you'll be able to do you can do it on a probation or a period and you can do it in your home. You can still go to work, but we're going to, we're going to monitor you. We're going to monitor your behavior. We're going to monitor your, your drug use. Yeah. If you've got a problem with drug use, we're going to fix that. We're going to help you with that. We're going to send you over to Lakeview. We're going to put a drug package on you and we're going to yeah. uh, take you out of the environment that you're in. And we, we are trying to fix the problem because we know that incarceration is not the answer. Mm. Help, helping helping that person. You know, one thing I found out, Pastor, is that Jesus, when when someone came to him with a problem, he he never he always, even though that 
he always find the solution to the problem. You know, and uh, you may be lame like the, the, the lame man at the, thir- at the pool. Jesus said, get up. Hmm. You know, he always helped. And then he, then he fixed your problem. If you got a drug problem, then your, fi- your problem was fixed as you getting up. And so that's what we, we are trying to do collectively with, with judges. And, and there's that's some good. good people in the judicial system. There are. They, all yeah, of them are not are. bad. That and there's true. good officers. There's good parents. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. Um, there's programs out there for them. Yes, there are. And a lot of times, one of the when I was, I was just looking back through this article that I'd read from Time Magazine, where it said 39%, there's, there's programs that sometimes would be better suit, suited, and hopefully we're shifting as a society where we can get people that maybe don't, aren't as well served locked up in prison as they would Absolutely. be helped treated medically, as they would be ministered to in other ways, as they would be in counseling situations or, or, or other things that would be uh, more beneficial to them and more beneficial to society. And- and pastor, as a as a pastor and as a, the chaplain there, a lot of times I have found out over over my course of a, a experience there in the jail. Now, um, long years we say we bring them to the altar, get them saved, and all those things. But a lot of times, some people just need to go to a program. There's professionals mm-hmm. in their field. There's mental health counselors. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with something that's you hearing hearing voices. I understand that you, we can pray over you, and I believe the church has the answers. But God has put people like myself and other people that are saved and sanctified and filled with the precious Holy Ghost yeah. that are Amen. anointed to deal with these situations. How many people do you see in jail that you feel like the real problem is mental illness? Pap. Pastor, that's an um, alarming rate that is it's increasing now because the fact we're um, closing our mental institutions and, mm. and, and opening more facilities. And so yeah. we see that um, undetected. We just had a case where a situation where an individual happened to, um, to um, commit a crime with his vehicle and he ran on, and I'm sure many of them probably seen it, but r- took his car and and went through the um, the um, Pensacola airport, mm. and uh, I happened to wow. meet that person. I happened to minister to that person. And Pastor, here's the deal: I have not only been ministering to him, I've been ministering to his family. Wow! And uh, I found out that his family is just as hurt as he is, wow. and so I had to really minister to them and also connect them with counseling said counselors that can help them get through this this dark place in their life right listen that is that's kind of some of the things i'm talking about and i want to hit i'm sorry i'm pushing you through because of our time i'm trying to get as much of your feedback in as i can but uh i want to um ask you do you know what are maybe some practical things we talked about praying for areas in our system that could be improved uh, what would you say to somebody like in our cities, counties, uh, states? What what are some practical things that people could do to help uh, push people? Because I think a lot of times our our le- our um, sorry our lawmakers, our politicians, politicians yes. many times they don't focus that much on incarcerated people because they don't vote. They don't. You know what I'm saying? But what could those of us here do? I don't know if you have any ideas I, of what I, I we can would, do practically to just help help encourage the system, 
and push the system Here's to a the better, deal. Um, better place. Pastor, we did something about a month ago though, over there at the Freedom Church, and and um, we had different people pray over situations, mm. and we had Mike Hill was there. I truly believe right. that we need to, um, as individuals and as taxpayer and individual, we, we have access to those people that are making these decisions, and, and we need to um, have a conversation with them and give them our views. Mm. It's nothing wrong with talking with someone. Right. You might not, they, they might not know this information that you have. And so when they they pass a bill, you like, well, no one never told me about it. No one never talked to me about it. So mm-hmm. they're basically um, passing a bill based on no one no one con- communicated with the, uh, your senators, your commissioners, your 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 council, your, your your people that making law. Yeah. And so um, I would say, first of all, that's where you need to get into the ears of your 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 um your share your yeah. representatives, your sheriffs. Mm-hmm. And get and find out what his views on uh, far as someone getting um, pulled over, and 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 uh, they we don't like to just pull over someone. We want to we want to help them. And so yeah. I would say um, talk to them and write them. Write your uh, county commissioners. Write your 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 senators, your congressmen, those that are making decisions. I just think as people, we need to be more involved in kind of knowing what's going on. And sometimes we're so busy, it's hard for us to be involved. And so I'm speaking not just on a spiritual plane, but also on a practical plane. I think it's important for us to kind of uh, be aware, be involved, know, get to know what, what, what is happening. If you have an opportunity to know personally some of these people, your, your lawmakers, sheriffs, yes. police officers, uh, judges, Yes. Um, uh, your your politicians, representatives, senators, these people are really, uh, really important people. And because of what they do, they do have ears to the public. And they do. And, and Pastor, here's the thing. They want they want to know. They want to hear from the public. They want to hear. They want to know. I got a, a judge that he happened to be a personal friend of mine. And he always oftentimes asks me, Chap, what do you think about this? What What are your views on this? And um, I give him my, well, how I feel, but there's so many individuals out there that, um, that have um, questions and concerns too. Maybe he just wanted, we just want to be better to serve our community and serve the Amen. people that live in this community and around. They're a great nation. That's important. And and we still, with all of our problems, we're still a great nation. Yes, we and are. And I, I believe that. And and we know that firsthand because we've walked on, uh, so as oh, mentioned yes, earlier, foreign soil. Foreign soil. How, do, how do incarceration systems in other countries that you've seen compare to here? Oh, wow. Um, our, our, our incarceration system is like a Hilton Hotel concern, compared. compared to others I've seen over out of the in other nations, yeah, and um, they like for instance one I know, and I will leave this nation nameless, but um, if their family members didn't provide for the inmate or individual, that person um, if he doesn't have any friends or the church doesn't provide, they don't get no clothing, they don't get it. they very seldom get little food, food. they yeah. be highly uh, malnutrition. 
Yeah, um, we've we've seen situations that that terrible. they don't provide even food that your families have to bring food for you, for or people you. have to, or you don't get it. And here's what happens because of the of the nature of man. If if I didn't get any food and you did get food, then the people that didn't get it are going to attack the ones Absolutely. that did get it. And yes. now we have we have a um, now we have another whole issue. We have a safety and a security issue now because it can be a riot very easily. It, and, and that's one of the things that in the United States we we are one of the three C's we have is care, custody, and control. Mm-hmm. We got to maintain care for that individual. Mm-hmm. We got to maintain custody, make sure mm-hmm. that they stay here, stay in their, the length of time that the judge allowed uh, for that crime. And we have to maintain control, mm. you know. That's that's one of the things that, that makes it great here. So, yes. And I, I want to know that even when we're bringing up problems and talking about problems and talking about maybe fixing things, praying for things, it doesn't mean that we don't still feel like we're, we're the best thing going on many days uh, in terms of that, just when you look at it in other parts of the world and and uh, I know we're we're going to run out of time soon. Uh, I've got uh, Craig with me behind the scenes here, Craig Lawrence. And Craig, is there anybody that is uh, have any comments, questions, or any thoughts that uh, that we should uh, hit on before we kind of wrap this up today? Yeah, Lisa Jones uh, asked that you please pray for her 27 year old son who will be home in 50 days. Mm. After serving a ten-year sentence, you guys have any advice for him? Wow. Yeah, I'm going to let Reggie answer that. What do you What do you advise? And we're going to definitely pray for him as yeah. well, Lisa. Uh, what advice do you give to helping somebody that's been in prison for ten years and now they're getting ready to get out? Well, Lisa, what what, what I will say is that um, with him being um, away for ten years, he has become an institution a lot. He has been institutionalized. So you're going to have to um, take time with him. And slowly bring him back to um, uh, basically being a free person. And a lot of times we and we are going to pray, but it takes more than just prayer. It it takes taking time with that person. And main thing is whatever you do, bring him to the, get him into a God filling church, and get some people around him that loves him mm. unconditionally. Get get a mentor. Get someone that say, I, I'm willing to lay my life down with this person and to slowly help them become the, the man that God intended, intended them to be. Mm-hmm. Because, Pastor, I'm not, the, I'm not the person that I am because I because of my own. Mm-hmm. God sent someone to show me how to be a godly man. Amen. And as we... As he out of out of the inv- incarcerated environment, we mu- you must train him back into com- becoming a free agent. See, that's the problem with most people is that once they get out, um, they have not been trained. They have not been taught how to um, diffuse wrong behavior. And it's it, and it's what happens is that repeated that revolving door of committing crimes is the reason why is because they have not been taught anything different and they definitely don't won't be taught anything different in in the facility if no one grabs their arm and show them hey look at this is how you do this wow that's 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 good reggie and and lisa i would say just you know be very patient you know because it's uh it's it's uh you know sometimes a long walk different people every person is different and respond different but uh, I would say this too, and I know Reggie, you would agree with me. Uh, get as soon as you can, and if possible, get your son into a church family, yes. because yes. the church 
the church dynamic of, of community and family can surround and bring love Absolutely. Uh, to that person and just help reacclimate. I think help speed up the process of reacclimating somebody just through the community, the close knit community of the body of Christ mm-hmm. and the hope that exists that comes with the word of God and the worship and all of those. Mm-hmm. So I would say that we'll listen uh, we're really out of time, and so I'm going to kind of wrap up today. And I, I just want to say, you know, as we looked at this, and I, I read this article, and our our crime rates kind of escalated in the 70s and 80s up to, I think, 1991, they said was the peak point. Let me tell you some more good news about injustice is that our crime rates have now diminished now, and they're, and they're 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 lowering back to uh, the levels that they were at in the late '60s and early '70s, and and that's still too high. But but I want you to know that within the the, the problems there are there's good things within the problems there are um, there's hope and and there's good news, and I believe uh, that as we continue as people to work together for the system and also. As believers, those of you that are watching that are Christians with us, that we would pray together and we would join our hearts together to see God move and not forget those that are incarcerated because... Even if they were criminals, we like we said, we're all criminals in one yes. way or another. Jesus died for them. And I believe that God, even if they're having to walk out the consequences of their action, that God can still save their soul and redeem them just Absolutely. like he's redeemed all of us. And, and let's not forget them and keep that in prayer. And let's keep in prayer our chaplains like yes. Reggie Benjamin. Let's keep in prayer our officers who work in the jail systems, our police officers who work on the streets, our judges, our lawmakers. It's important that we cover them and support them. Yeah, we can communicate our woes and our problems and our, and our ideas and opinions, but let's encourage them. There's no job that's an easy job. Let's encourage them and strengthen them in our prayer. And what I want to do today, Reggie, is I want you to pray Pray for, for Lisa's son and also just pray for those out there that are in hopeless situations. Maybe they didn't have good legal representation. Pray for those who might be watching who have family members in jail or, or officers. Just just pray us out today with a strong, faith-filled prayer and, and, and just let it turn our hearts and our minds toward the people that others have forgotten. Amen. Amen. Yes, let us pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise you right now because you said in your word, Lord, where there's two or three are gathered in your name, God, you say you will be there in the midst of us. And Father, as Pastor and myself, we we, we link shields today, God. God. And Lord, we pray for those that are incarcerated, Lord. We thank you. We praise you right now, God, because you said, Lord, we are to... Put our burden on you, Lord. Yes, and Father, I pray right now that they release their their burden on you because you are God that never sleeps nor slumbers. But Lord, I ask right now that you give them peace, Lord. Give those family members peace, knowing that you yes, are in control. Jesus. Lord, and we thank you. We praise you right now for that officer, Lord. I praise you and I thank you for that officer that is doing the right thing, Lord. I thank you for, for him and her, Lord God, for carrying yes, out, Jesus. Lord God, their duties and their commands, Lord. And And, Father, we ask, Lord, right now that you protect them, God. Father God, they're away from their families, Lord. Lord, we ask that you reduce the recidivism rate. We ask that you reduce the the rate of divorce, the rate of suicide that are are coupled in that department, Lord, with officers and and those that are 
are incarcerated, Lord. We ask right now, Lord, that you, that you give them peace, Lord. Not the peace of the world, but the peace that surpasses all understanding, God. Lord, you said if we keep our minds and our hearts fixed on you, you will keep us in yes, perfect Jesus. peace. And Father, I thank you and I praise you right now for those that, that, that lay their lives down. Lord, we pray for our judicial system, Lord. Lord, we know that they don't always have the answer, but Lord, we know that you do, God. And Father, we pray right now that you give them wisdom, Lord. We know that wisdom comes from you, Jesus. And we thank you for that, Lord. And Father God, we ask right now, Lord, that Lord God, as we come together, Lord God, and pray for our government, Lord, and those that have rule over us, Lord, those that are making decisions, Lord. Lord, we pray that they have, they make righteous decisions, mm, God. Yes, Jesus. And Father, we declare, you, we Lord decree God. that right now. Lord, yes, we Jesus. send it out over the four corners of the earth, God. And Father, we pray right now. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be your representatives here on planet mm. earth, God. Lord, you yes, said in Jesus. your word, we have not because we have not asked. But Lord, these are things that I'm asking you to do in this city and around this world, Lord, in our judicial system, God. Yes, Give our judges Lord. wisdom, God, and protect our law enforcement, Lord, and pray, and protect those, the family members, God, uh, the incarcerated, Lord. And I pray right now that you give the incarcerated peace, Lord. Yes, Lord, Jesus. we thank you. We praise you for that. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, majestic name. Amen. Amen. Well, Reggie, thank you for being well, on the elephant in the room with yes. me. I finally got you here with me. Yes. Listen, it is amazing. I want you to make sure that you share this on your page yes. today. Share it with somebody that you feel like it might help. We need to get uh, get the word out and join us each week at Friday on Fridays at noon for the Elephant in the Room. Also, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, our Elephant in the Room podcast as well. Tell other people about it. Please, even if you're watching this after the fact, make comments, respond, intersect, interact with each other. It's through these conversations about Elephant in the Room subjects. That's where we that's where we come to understand each other. It's where we can come and make a difference. And that's what we're here for. Yes. So thank you again for watching today. God bless all of you. And thank you for being with us on today's Elephant in the Room. I'll see you again soon for another exciting live discussion. God bless. God bless. Thank you for joining us on the Elephant in the Room podcast. You can also watch live on the Elephant in the Room Facebook page every Friday at high noon Central Standard Time. Tune in next week as Pastor Lynn tackles another tough topic.